Good morning, everybody. It is so good to be with you again today. This house of prayer for all nations. A safe place where strangers become friends and friends become family. We're glad you're here and a part of the body this morning. My name is Pastor Jim Olson. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here of Bethel Christian Fellowship St. Paul and the senior pastor of our Bethel family of churches. I had the privilege of serving here now for 24 years, and I am with great joy. I have the opportunity to bring the word to you today. This year is a year of growing maturity, and our, our foundation verse for the year is taken out of Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, which says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And as you can see from the pictures that we have in the banner and our bulletin cover here for the year, uh, you can notice the picture here of that tree, and it is a picture that I've been praying into all year. In fact, prayed into it again this morning uh, as we were here at pre-service prayer. Praying that our roots will go deeper, that our trunk will get sturdier and larger, that our branches will extend further, that our leaves will become more vital, and that our fruit will ripen and become more nourishing. This is the call of the Lord upon this house this year. As that happens and as that unfolds in this year of growing maturity, It begins with receiving Christ. Our faith is centered in this core confession of the gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the core confession. That is the thing that we remain in. We've received that and it becomes the very center and vitality of our life in Him. And as we receive Him, we remain in Christ it tells us that we will continue, our life in Christ continues to grow up as we are filled up with Him. So it's really a matter of filling ourselves more and more and more with the reality of the gospel, which again is rooted and centered in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we have received Him and as we continue to remain in Him, Christ begins to be revealed through us. And this is the out part of things where our lives will radiate out his life and joy as we overflow with the truth that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. So there's an in and an up and an out portion of this. We are in Christ. He is Lord. We are filled up with him and we radiate out the reality of his life in and through us, the hope of glory. Now this morning we are beginning an adventure together in one of my favorite books of the Bible. It is the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to invite you to turn there now, if you would. If you've got your Bible with you, perhaps you have it on one of your devices, or if you don't have a Bible with you, please take one from right in front of you. And turn to page 827, page 827. 
as together we begin an exploration of the letter to the Ephesians that we're titling A New Way. A New Way. The letter, appropriately enough, begins in chapter 1 with the first two verses, which are Paul's greeting, which gives us some insight into the book that is going to come before us. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ, Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me just do a, a very, very, very brief flyover here of the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians. First of all, we note right up at the top that the writer here is the Apostle Paul. And the place of writing is likely a Roman prison as it is in Acts, as it tells us in Acts 28, uh, 16 to 31, gives us some insight into where Paul is writing from sometime during the early 60s AD. The context is to the church at Ephesus, but also the churches surrounding there in Asia Minor. So there is a, there is a, a broader context. This is a letter that was most likely uh, shared and given and went from uh, place to place and, and was a circular letter that went to many, many different churches. In fact, there's some, uh, just, just when you read the book of Ephesians, you'll notice, unlike, for example, Romans, where there is person after person listed, here in Ephesus, there's not so much of those personal, specific types of greetings, because likely, again, it was going out to a broader audience. Now, in Ephesus, a couple of things that are uh, that we want to note about it. First of all, it was the capital of the Roman province of Asia. So this was a very significant city. It was a port city. It was also uh, a, a place where many um, trade routes went through. So this was a, a, a city of, of significance and, and influence in that entire region. One of the things that it was particularly known for and famous for was the Temple of Artemis or the Temple to Diana, which was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. In fact, it was that temple and the gospel that collided in uh, Acts chapter 19. You have that famous confrontation between Paul and the temple shopkeepers where the gospel begins to go out. People begin to bring their uh, idols and all of uh, other kinds of things, and they begin to burn them, and the shopkeepers and those, you know, whenever you start hitting people in their pocketbook, whenever you speak to power about economic kinds of things, uh, oftentimes uh, there is a, a, a very strong reaction to that, and that was certainly the case here. And if you read the book of Acts, you will see and you can and watch that confrontation unfold there. And then just after that, there is Paul's um, farewell to the Ephesian elders, and there's, it's very moving. There's, there's obviously intense um, relationship that's taken place between Paul, this church, and the church in the region. And so uh, I would encourage you to read in the book of Acts for some background on this. The Bible didn't, you know, here again, 
Let me just say it again. One of the beauties of the scriptures is it didn't sort of float in, sort of disconnected from any kind of earthly reality. The Bible is intensely practical, intensely human in the sense that it is contextualized into the lives of real people who lived in real history at real times. And so it's not sort of just nice sayings and writings. It's actually lived life. And therefore, it has even greater impact and influence and connection to our lives. Finally, um, the concern here that, that, that Paul is, is really getting at in the book of Ephesians, if you want to call it a concern, his, his uh, focus, the thing that he's really after is to expand our horizons of understanding about God's purposes. And he does that through this theme of a new way, which we're going to look at and begin this morning. Today I've entitled the message, A Blessed Life, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. I'm reading from the New International Version here, which is the same version that you have in the Pew Bible in front of you. You may have another version of the Bible, that's fine. But if you just listen along with me now as we read through these verses together, and I'm just going to read them out for you. And one of the things that you won't take note of in the, uh, in the translation you have, but is true in the original Greek, and so it's kind of important to just get this, is that these verses are one continuous sentence. It's like Paul puts his pen down and just can't stop writing. So there is no, in the original, there is no uh, punctuation marks, there's no sentences other than it's one long sentence. Listen to it. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, what I'm proposing to do in the next 20 minutes or so is to unpack that. (laughs) I want you to imagine in your mind for me that You have a small child or a small grandchild. Imagine with me Fiona. 
my granddaughter, who's 18 months old. And we're going to see a parade. We're going to see a circus parade. She's never had the experience of going to a circus or much less to a parade. But as we're going, we come to this place where there's a, a, a fence, there's a wooden fence, and, and we can hear the parade going by on the other side, and there's a little knot hole in the fence, and I put Fiona up and tell her, look through the knot hole. And as she looks through the knot hole, she sees the clowns come by, and she thinks, Wow, parades are funny, and she starts to laugh and giggle. And then come the lion and the tigers, and as it's coming by, it roars. And she goes, Woo, parades are scary. And then the band comes by. Todd's there playing the tuba. And she goes, Parades are thrilling. And then the float goes by, and the beautiful ladies, and all of the flowers, and the beauty. And she goes, parades are beautiful. And then there's a pause, and she thinks, well, parades are kind of short. But then the next thing comes by. But then imagine for a moment that I take Fiona. Now that I've had my rotator cuff surgery, I can do this. You lift her up onto my shoulder. And suddenly she can see over the fence. And she sees the whole parade stretching out before her. First Corinthians 13, Paul says, to paraphrase, we see through a knot hole. We see through a knot hole. But there's going to come a time when we see face to face. So today and in this study, what I would like and intend to do for us is my desire is to lift our eyes up from that knot hole that typically we find ourselves looking through. And I would like us to see and expand our vision beyond what we see right now to experience the fullness of what it means to have a blessed life. Because, oh, we have some ideas about a blessed life from living here in America, but oh man, are our ideas so limited. God has so much bigger, better, and more for us. All right. He begins verse 3 to 6. Let's go back and review. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
Verse 4, listen to this carefully. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. If you've got your Bible, you can underline those to the praise of his glorious grace. That shows up three times and it's going to provide sort of the outline for what we're looking at this morning. For he chose us. Now back in the 70s when I was in high school, there was a big evangelistic campaign that was all over the nation that was called I Found It. And it was an evangelistic campaign which was intended to kind of start a conversation. People ask, well, what did you find? And you talk about finding Jesus. And we sing songs which I love and are true in their own way. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. But unintentionally sometimes those songs and campaigns can kind of give us the perception that somehow we are the ones who are the originator of the faith in which we walk in. But the reality is this. The Father chose us. The Father chose us. Here's the past portion of this blessed life is the reality that I have been chosen by God. He chose me. He chose you. And because of that, we have a security and a stability to our faith because our faith, therefore, does not become dependent upon my varying emotions or my sense of intimacy or closeness or distance or whatever it is, but there's a security and stability knowing that he has chosen me. Paul puts it this way in Romans 8, 15 and 16. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You can all shout anytime you want. Because this is like really good news. Now this morning I couldn't possibly try to unpack for us all of the millennial, uh, really, I, I mean, it's not just centuries, it's millennial of, of conversation around the issue of God's sovereignty and our free will. But let me give you a picture to help that's, that helps me, because I'm, in some ways, I'm a very practical theologian. Okay? So imagine that you're riding in the back of a pickup truck. Some people believe that the back gate of the pickup truck is open and you can fall out of the truck. Other people believe that the back gate of the pickup truck is closed and you can't fall out of the truck. But whether the back gate is open or shut, let me tell you this, the safest and best place to ride is as close to the cab as you can get. So instead of arguing about whether you can fall out of the truck or not, how about all of us 
make every attempt to live as close to the cab as we can. <laughs> because that's where true security and stability will be found. But I want us to hear and understand and receive this deep. There is, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Yesterday we had just a incredible time with our Himalayan Christian Fellowship. We did a, a, a Freedom Encounter Day, which followed our Life of Freedom class. And I was sharing with them at the end of the class last yet yesterday afternoon how, how God just even recently has kind of reestablished this in my heart and spirit. Because there was a time not all that long ago when I was really struggling with some stuff internally, and I was just I, it was like this weight, and I, I felt just frustrated, and I felt like a failure, and I felt like, you know, all, all of these things. And, and into that, the Lord spoke to me and gave me the words that God spoke over Jesus when he was baptized. Do you remember what God spoke? Out of the, out of the, the Lord spoke these words. He said, today, you are my son. I love you. I delight in you. I am your father. And so for days and days, sometimes many times a day, I would just rehearse to myself this truth. I am your son. You love me. You delight in me. You are my father. And it was like a... It was just this incredible shift that took place. So perhaps you need to hear that this morning, the reality that you are his child. He loves you. He delights in you. He's not just like putting up with you. He's like really happy about you. And he's your father. There's an integrity that's a part of this as well. Let me explain. There's a, there's a coherence in our lives that comes from the fact that he chose us. Because listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. In other words, what I want you to hear this morning afresh today is this whole issue of sanctification. So, so there is salvation that comes, and then sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like him. Because it says here in Ephesians 1 that we are to be kept, um, for he chose us before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. And is that going to come by me gritting my teeth and saying, okay, today I'm going to be more holy than I was yesterday. I'm going to be more blameless than I was yesterday. And I would submit to you that it is not going to come through that, but it will come as you yield yourself more and more and more to the Spirit of God who is faithful and who will work out His plan and purpose in your life when you yield and submit yourself to Him. He does help us become more holy, more whole. When you hear holy, think whole. And blameless, transparent, vulnerable, true. 
Now, just before, and not that this is even in anybody's thoughts here today, but it was in the thoughts of the people of Israel. When they heard that God had chosen them, they thought, well, yeah. He chose me because I'm so smart. We're so smart. We're so handsome. We're so cool. We're so good. We got so many talents. Why, why wouldn't he choose me? He'd want me on his team, right? But the weight of the reality of his choosing us should bring us to a place of our need. Because it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. None of us stand before God and say, yep, I'm glad. Glad you chose me. I'm so cool, I'm so good. No, it's, oh God, I have no boast other than in you. Do you get this? Do you see this? Let the weight of the reality of his choosing of you rest upon you in all of its beauty, in all of its mystery, in all of its complexity. But respond in a place of humility and submission to say, yes, you have chosen. Now we move from the past to the present where the Son redeems us. Now, going on, starting in the second part of verse 6, right after the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. There it is again. All right, very quickly, unpacking this. What does that mean that he redeems us? It means that we have forgiveness, for he has rescued us. (laughs) Come on, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He has paid the penalty so that we don't have to. We've been taken out of hock. We've been taken out of slavery. We have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and we have been brought into the kingdom of His glorious light. (laughs) Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. Man, get your eyes up. Down the knot hole. Come on. See what it means. It means there's revelation. What does that mean? To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory because of his redemption. We have revelation of something that is bigger and better and broader and larger than anything that we could have ever dreamed up ourselves. Mm -hmm. I hope that we just keep growing in revelation of his goodness. We have reconciliation. This is a part of that redemption is reconciliation. 
This is part of the core of who we are as a, as a body called to be a house of prayer for all nations. We understand and recognize that he and the gospel has broken down the barriers, the dividing walls of hostility. He has made the two one. He has brought us together. As it says in Colossians 1, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself what? Oh man, that's pitifully poor. Come on, say it. He has come to reconcile to himself all things. things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He reconciles people. He reconciles um, systems. He He reconciles all of creation, all things ultimately find their order and reconciliation in him. Of course, we choose, in this sense, here's where the mystery comes in, but we choose to willingly receive that invitation into reconciliation. And if we do not, we choose to be unreconciled with God, both in this life and for eternity. But his heart is open and is calling and desiring that all would come to receive reconciliation, redemption, forgiveness of sins, to be rescued. And then there's that beautiful word, predestination, which is a scriptural word, by the way. And it comes up again in in Paul's letter to the Romans, and he says this, and we know that in all things... now. We love this verse. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Listen to this. For those God foreknew, he also, so those, there's the chosen part. So those he foreknew, he also predestined, here's the the present and future part, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Here's what we've been predestined for. Here is, predestination means there is, a, there is a, a purpose, purposefulness about our lives. We're not just simply occupying space and air here. You're not just breathing air and occupying space. God has a purpose for your and my life and for our life together as a body. And the purpose, the predestination, the destination that he is moving us towards is to be conformed to the image of his son. To be more like Jesus. And when we become more like him, it's a beautiful and powerful thing. Which brings us to the third point of the future here. The Spirit seals us forever. The Father chose us. The Son redeems us. And the Spirit seals us forever. Come back to the scripture after the praise of his glory. Verse 13. And you also, say me too, Come on, say, me too. You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, having believed. So there's your faith, your faith in response to his grace. Faith is a response to grace. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. There is an assurance of that which is present now is going to be. All right, I'm going to just mortify them right now, but we have a newly engaged couple here, Ben and Sarah, so stand up for a second. All right, Ben and Sarah, okay. 
Stand up right here. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So, Sarah, what, what do you got on your finger there, dear? Your engagement. Yeah. She came up to, you know, I love newly engaged couples. Well, hi, Pastor. It's so nice to see you this morning. So, you know, so, and there's always a big smile. All right. There's always a guy there with a big smile. All right. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So, that engagement ring is a seal, it's a promise that Ben's made to you. So you're not married yet, but you are going to be married, and you have faith and confidence that, in fact, that is unfolding, right? That, thank you, guys. That's the assurance. Yeah. Woohoo! So we've got the engagement ring, people. We got the papers that say, there, you got a place, you've got a, you've got a, a home waiting for you. You have this assurance because you are his children, his sons, his daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. And that's the inheritance that we have. For if we are children, Romans 8, 17, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, if we share in his sufferings and also that we may share in his glory. We have an inheritance. We have been sealed. We are not only here for this tiny little dot on the space-time continuum, but we will live for eternity with him. Forever, forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a parade that never ends. It's the parade of his goodness and grace and glory. So, let me conclude with this truth. A blessed life is lived for the praise of his glory. That's what a blessed life is lived for. It isn't about having bigger mansion here on earth or better looking cars or more beautiful clothes or whatever it is or even more degrees is good and all wonderful. All those can be, you know, lovely temporal things. But ultimately a life that is blessed is lived to the praise of his glory the praise of his glory. As it says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, worship team, come on up. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You're chosen, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, God's special possession. He owns us, and it's a great thing, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, people, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Aren't you glad? And aren't you, I just want you to walk away motivated in your heart and spirit to recognize that your life has purpose, and the purpose is for the praise of His glory. Because there's no one else on earth like you. There is no one else 
who can reflect his character in just the way that you do. There's no one else that can influence those around you like you can because you alone inhabit the place that you inhabit here on this earth. And your life has meaning and your life has significance because you have been chosen by God and redeemed by the Son and sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. So stand up to your feet and praise Him with me now as we close here with 10,000 reasons to give Him honor and praise forever. Glory His name. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just open your hands to receive the benediction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Father God, we are so thankful, oh God, that you choosing us, Father God, and your word said, Lord, we are special possession. We are special. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you are to us. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in you. And thank you, Lord, for choosing us as sons, Father God. And thank you, Lord, for we have our inheritance in you, O oh Jesus. Lord, we bless you this morning for your words. The word of truth, the word of life, the word of hope. Praise your name, Jesus. And Father, we pray that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that seals us and continue, remind us, Father God, that we are belong to you, O oh God. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. And Father God, we pray, as we live in this place, we ask, O oh Lord, that the God who loves us, may your blessing go with us, Father God. As we depart from this place, Father God, or to the or to the place of work, to the place of wherever we are going, Father God, and all Lord to the place of eternity. We pray, Father God, that the power of Jesus who's alive that rests in us. May the seal of the Holy Spirit renewing in our heart today and strengthen us to the day that we will face you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in his blessing.